Hello, and welcome to episode 45 of Flicks in the Six. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony Costanzo, with me, forever and always, the man, the myth, the Canadian Mountie, Alessandro Bielsi. Say hello, Al. Honestly, I'd rather fuck a moose. <laughs> yeah, I, expect, <laughs> I expect the accent, but... Uh, uh, I cannot do that very bad Canadian accent. That was rough. On this week's episode, Arrested Development Gems, Infinity War Fallout, Deadpool 2 Marketing Genius... All before our flick of the week, Super Troopers 2. But first, Al, what are we drinking? You know, I realize I should have included something about Deadpool. I didn't realize you did. I didn't watch. Oh, boy. I saw a bit of the Celine Dion video. I just didn't have, at the time I saw it, I didn't have a chance to watch all of it. And I didn't get a chance to circle back around. Well, I'm I'm glad because I get to, uh, I get to tell you what happens at the end of it. Fantastic. Which will be good. There's beer. There's beer in places. Tell us what Uh, we're drinking. In (laughs) places. Yes. Uh, we are drinking. I'm gonna try and find a cloth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we are drinking Two Roads Expressway Cold Brew Coffee Stout. It is a coffee steeped in oatmeal stout, six point five percent alcohol by volume. I this is gonna keep me up, isn't it? Um, no, because it's not. It's cold brewed, so I, I don't think you'll have the same caffeine content. Or it's super concentrated. Or that. Um, <laughs> what it says on the side of the beer is, um, and I checked online. It's not going to end the way you think. <laughs> oh, nice. Uh, in a process unique to two roads, we mixed a locally roasted Ethiopian slash Sumatran blend of beans with a rich oatmeal stout under pressure. Dun, 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 dun. Does it say that in parentheses? That would be no. amazing. <laughs> like espresso, but without the steam. Close parentheses. Using our German-built Brunick device. That's in quotations. Brunick. The mixture is steeped for several days, resulting in a true cold-brewed coffee stout. Hop on the two roads expressway. Nice. Cheers. Cheers, sir. Oh, very nice. That is very coffee. That is one of the more coffee... Of all coffee beers I've had. I'm going to be honest. I think it's just Manhattan Special. What's that? I think it's just Manhattan Special. There's there's no beer in here. Oh. Yeah, no, I mean, it's... Um... <laughs> I'm calling it. <laughs> Go. I'm going to need a chemist. You know what? No, you know, we'll just, we'll just drink the rest of the six pack and see what happens. I like it. That's... Look at you. A little experiment action. Tasty. This is really good. This is um, yep. it's very it's it's very very coffee y, um, and I don't mean that in a bad way though. It's like it can you can have like coffee flavor and it just be you're trying too hard, or it's coffee on the nose but you don't really taste it, or right. it's very subtle coffee. No, this is a coffee stout. Like you could probably get away with putting a splash of cream in here. Like that's like oh that's, yeah, it, and it would be delicious. Oh, you could Bailey's. Put a, you, could, you know I what? I think I need to go upstairs. We could do Bailey's, <laughs> or you could do a little bit of cream and a splash of Kahlua, and this would be some Ooh. sort of in the realm of a White Russian. How many of these do you have left? I think we have a another drink for this weekend. <laughs> I have four more left, I believe. We might have to make that happen. You know what this means? This what's, beer. What's that? It means that in 2018. I am much like LeVar Ball. I am undefeated. I've never lost. Well done. That deserves a round of applause. I can't 
I, I would clap for you, but then it would just sound weak. So let's just imagine. Imagine it. There you go. Oh, he's he's saying, <laughs> This is great. The best thing is that was just a show Al put on for me <laughs> that you guys can't see. But it was very much like a wrestler just just bringing in the crowd. It was oh, yeah. it was well done. I'm sorry. I'm sorry you missed it. <laughs> so the first thing on uh, on my list here to talk about uh, is actually this uh, little Arrested Development gem that popped up. Now, you had shared a couple things with me. Uh, one of them I saw, the other one I didn't, and it just turned, I stumbled upon it myself later on, which is pretty great. Uh, they they're released, they're, well, as of, as of you hearing this, they will have released a recut of season four, which is very welcomed. By me, I I mean, if if by, you by like us, yeah, if you like us, if you like the show, I'm I'm sure you like Arrested Development, but it's no surprise that that fell flat. I, you know, it's funny, and we kind of talked about this a little bit before the show, but to have something not go well, but then not just have it like be flamed by by people that normally like love the thing, like that just shows you, I feel like the caliber of audience that was watching Arrested Development. Well, there was plenty of people who complained about it, but I think what it came down to, and it's what I said to you before we went on air, was I think they were open throughout the whole process, even before it came out and disappointed people. Right. Uh, and people who are in the know understand they had a really hard time getting the whole cast together to shoot this show. Mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of a surprise that it came back, all that sort of stuff. So uh, I think people were a little forgiving, and, and rightfully so, and they've always taken care of their fans – with yep. this show Absolutely. and uh, it's a really, really good um, carefully created show. So I, I think, I, you know, they, they, t- and they, and it was a bold thing they tried to do, especially at the, uh, yeah, it's, it's easy to kind of forget about this, but you know, when the, when that season came out, it was five or six years ago, right? Yeah. Um, you know, that was at the beginning of this whole like binging craze Maybe and they tried to get out years. in front of it. And yeah. create a season specifically to be binged, and that was honestly part of the reason why it it fell a little bit flat for me because I did enjoy it, and at times, and you know, it still felt like Arrested Development. There were still some really funny things um, continuing on, where this this show is like from start to finish is kind of a tapestry. Everything is connected in mm-hmm. somewhere. This and the like, you know, so their attention to detail is incredible. Um, if I had binged it and watch it over the course of a weekend i probably would have enjoyed it more than i did as it was i watched it over the course of probably a couple of weeks so uh just the way it was broken down not in chronological fashion where you know certain episodes stretch across like 18 months of show time right right uh i just forgot about some stuff and that's why some of the those intricacies didn't work for me sure I can see that. I, had I actually, had I, I actually knocked stopped. it out the course of the weekend. I think I would have appreciated it. I held a bit on more. to it. That, I mean, that that totally makes sense. And I, again, like I, I'm happy with. I'm glad that they did it at all. Like they, they could have, they could have opted to not do the show. <laughs> like that's that yes. would, that would have been perfectly valid. But they did it. They did it for the well, people well, that for, love it for like eight years before that. They hadn't. Right. They hadn't. The show. And what's awesome, like I. I fell off of it, and I was like, I, I felt I was always going to go back to it at some point, and there was always this rumor that they were going to release a recut, and I was like, maybe I'll hold off until that. And it's it's actually here now. Like that was something that was delivered, and again, 
they don't have to do that. Like, they really so, don't. So you never finished it? No, I didn't. I only got, like, maybe three or four episodes in. Okay. And that it just, was, I couldn't gra- it didn't that grab was me. What you had to, that was what you had to do the legwork for. If you could get past about four or five episodes, you're going to be in because it finally does all start to dovetail together a little bit better. Yeah. Well, you know what? It's funny. Like, there's – it was funny, and it was – it did feel very arrested development. It was missing one key aspect, and that was switching between these characters that you get each of them in each episode, and you just weren't getting that. And it's I'm just glad that they they were able to do this because this this is just going to be really fun. I can't I can't wait to go. I actually think I might I'm debating not just watching this the recut season, but just going back and starting over and just playing it all the way through because mm. I feel like that'll be fun. Uh, I don't know if I have time to do all of that. Especially because as it is, like, I'm getting close to being finished with The Wire, and that's I usually pick one show uh-huh. to turn through like that at a time. Yeah. And I might have to put that on hold just for the fourth season of this. That's fair. Redone. Well, you've also already seen it all, so that's not really... That True, but yet. honestly, I've forgotten a decent amount of it because it was several years ago, and even during watching it, I was forgetting bits of it. Because, um, like, at the end... Because they've already released what the new season's about. Okay. And it's having to do with it's like it's it's in there. So like it, it probably was in the story you read about the recut. Mm-hmm. I I so, didn't read. It. I specifically only read that it was happening and the, uh, okay. and the date. I didn't go into yeah, the details. There's something that it builds up to at the end of the season as all the stories start to reconverge. That there's one central event. I will keep it as a spoiler, I suppose, for people who don't wish to know. Yeah. Um. Although it's easily accessible. Um. Because it is the central part of the plot but someone i'll just put it this way someone goes missing at the end of the fourth season <laughs> okay and this new season is dealing with the disappearance of this person that's cool that'll be fun i'm i hope it's blue tobias i because <laughs> i know where that one is uh <laughs> yeah the collector's got him that is great that is just such a i keep seeing I don't know if you've if you've noticed this, and this is this segue is nice. You know, what, let's pause for a second because I'm going to get back to Blue Tobias um, and segue out of here. But the other piece of this Arrested Development news was another thing that you had shared. This is the thing you shared with me, but I found on my own afterwards. And when we were recapping before the show, um, you had brought it up again, and that is the Arrested Development style Star Wars trailer where Ron Howard did a voiceover for the original Star Wars, and it's. It is animated and drawn on in the classic Arrested Development intro, and it's just so funny and so stupid, and stupidly simple. Like it's just, it's just well done. It's everything that you want Ron Howard really, to do with this solo movie. Really, but he can't so actually do <laughs> so incredibly on the nose that yeah. the whole thing with George Michael and maybe, mm-hmm. and they handled it exactly mm-hmm. the same way with Luke and Leia. So good. Is, is so incredible. <laughs> and then just awesome callbacks for fans. Like, um, they pan to Boba Fett and go, Mr. F. Oh, my <laughs> just, God. Which you, which you know is one of my favorite things. Oh, yeah. It's just so silly. If, you get a, if you're a fan of Arrested Development and <clears throat> you're a fan of Star Wars, go, go check that out. It's super easy to find. It's just very silly and worth the, like, three minutes of your time that's going to take. It'll make your life better. Uh, the next, the, so back to Tobias, Blue Tobias. Uh, let's, let's talk a little bit about Infinity War again. No spoilers. We're just, we're just going on with the press that's following this movie. Um, the first fun thing. There are, there are so many memes 
already. There are, and for me, very it's spoilery. The most, it's the more subtle things that are really funny and really great, and that is where the bias comes in. There have been at least three articles that I've come across that had nothing to do with Easter eggs, nothing to do with spoilers. It was just general news about the movie. No actual mention of this thing, but Blue Tobias is the cover photo. Wow, I have not seen any And it's just really silly. <laughs> like, there's no... I don't know, like, if it's... I, I, if it's intentional or what, or, like, if it's just, like, they've been grabbing from this pool of images around it and using it, which is a thing that can happen. But it, he's not... It's not referenced at all in the articles. And it's just, like, it'll be, like, Thanos and Blue Tobias. And it's, like, a quick review of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so it's just so silly. Uh, well, that... it, it, it's funny because Arrested Development exists in this weird space in the zeitgeist where cuz when it was at its most popular was you know like when it was airing was really before the internet was like a big thing. Mm-hmm. It was sure as shit before there was any social media. Um so there was no collective space to discuss it in that way. Um, and also it's like, it's one of those things where it's like you stumble upon someone who's like a super fan of it that you had no idea before. And then it just becomes this whole thing yeah. where you're like just trading things and that. And like people like, like, and I realized before I actually went back and watched the show all on Netflix, I didn't realize how many jokes and references were about that, that I, that just went over my head for years. Mm -hmm. It's so, it's so good. It's so good. Um, to the to to the press around around Infinity War, there's a lot of things that I've been reading, negative comments about the movie, and they kind of just rub me the wrong way because a lot of them feels like it's the, inevitably when you see a big thing like this come out, there's people that just want to be blah about it. They like to hate what other people love, and I'm perfectly okay with you having valid criticisms of the movie, but just argument. For argument's sake, doesn't work for me, and I don't. Are you talking really... about that story from the New Yorker? I don't even know. I, oh, didn't see, I didn't see anything specifically on the New Yorker, but I, I read a couple of things on, that bothered the hell out of me. Specifically on Twitter, it, since Monday or this weekend, whenever the review of the movie, the official like review from the reviewer for the New Yorker came out, yep. everyone's been lampooning this article and like specifically like. The headline of, or there was, I don't know if it was the headline or if it was just one like pull quote from it that like everyone's just been like just crushing this review. Um, you go ahead and talk about what you meant specifically while I find this so I can read okay. it to you and you'll see what I mean. So there is this, um, I, without, I'm going to be vague as possible because I, I, we're not going to be in spoiler territory for this here, but there is talk about like the cliffhangeriness of the end of the movie. And how, like, it was an it was a frustrating thing for some for these particular people that were writing these reviews that it um they expected like a a a close as it was marketed to them of this whole first part of Avengers. Then they weren't uh, paying attention. They it, and see, and that's my point. If you were in the know enough to have that take, then you know that what five years ago when the list of movies coming out was set and it was Avengers Infinity War part one and part two. Like it's not, it's not a secret. 
Yeah, it's it's just it, not. Like you don't have to be <laughs> deep. You don't have to be deep in the weeds on this one. It's pre- it's been known from the beginning that this was a two part story. Like they right. said it. They've and been then, saying it for literally like three or four years. And then there's other the other aspect of it is people saying like are a little underwhelmed by their emotional response to certain things that happen because you know it probably will get you know resolved by the second and okay not the point and this is this is this is my opinion so i could be wrong here like you know i'm not well no you can't be wrong and you can have that opinion if you want i just don't agree with it but for for me the end of the, the whole thing is about the enjoyment of watching these movies and these stories unfold i mean it's just a comic book on the big screen how did we losing sight of this? Why are we tearing this thing apart? Well, like it you know, was meant a lot to be of an it, Oscar flick. <laughs> a lot of it is new school versus old school, like old school reviewers. And it's funny because I did read a, I did read an article on the Ringer that addressed the core of that division to a certain extent. Like that, at least it was part of the conversation. And it was whether or not you can classify any of these Marvel movies as movies, mm-hmm. specifically Infinity War, whether or not. It's actually really a long-form TV show. Right. Because you're right. These movies on their own, some of them more so than others, lack the discrete standalone ability of an actual movie. Sure. Um, Because they are installments. It's almost like an anthology series to a certain extent, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But it doesn't take that much of a leap of imagination to get in that headspace. It doesn't. And people, I, you know, I saw a big criticism of it. It was like, you know, oh, well, what if I don't want to have to watch every one of these movies to review this? If you are a reviewer, <laughs> it's your job to do that. Right, right. There's that. And, like, no one is saying you have to sit down for that 31-hour marathon. Mm-hmm. You could, you had time. Right. <laughs> Even if your starting point was... Ten years, like, some might say. <laughs> well, sure, you had ten years. Like, if you're working as a movie critic, you've been functionally aware of movies for a, quite some time. Even if not, even if you weren't like assigned to do these movies, although you've probably been assigned to do some of them. Admittedly, ten years ago, maybe you weren't. Although a lot of the people complaining are of the older school variety, so you probably have been working in the field for almost ten years. Mm. But two, even if you took the starting point as when Black Panther came out, you've had two months to catch up on all these movies, right? Or at worst, watch like those ten-minute like what you need to know videos. And, like, you could yeah. read a synopsis and, like, oh, this one's supposed to be really good. Let me watch that one. You know, these are the quote-unquote essential ones. Why don't you do some fucking videos and synopsis and then watch the quote-unquote essential ones, the four or five movies that you, like, absolutely have to see to understand it? Is that too much to ask to do your own fucking job? Right, right. I, I want to pull on that thread for a second, though, of you saying you don't have to see everything. You could just watch it. Like, I... You could take that approach with comics too, because if you want to jump into a any sort of interesting topic in a comic book series, it's not it's nobody wants to go all the way back, and you really don't have to in a lot of cases. I was super interested after we watched this. I was on a work trip, and I had nothing to read, and I was like, you know what I want to do? I want to download Infinity Gauntlet. I went and bought it, downloaded this the six comics and just dove right in i didn't have any context for a lot of these characters because i was never i never read marvel comics i read yeah. some spider-man and like i was just i dove into this and i was within i don't know five pages you you lose that disorientation that you have to not understanding the art style 
fully yet and like really getting into the character and then like okay now i'm here and i'm reading through it and i'm like I'm, I'm i'm really enjoying this and then i'm seeing i'm seeing in the influences that are that happen in the movie and i'm like this is really fun this is fun to pick apart and see like oh like oh i see like you pull that from here one thing that uh, i mean i'm only i think it was i'm like three issues into the six so i'm like almost halfway through if i am fully through three but um thanos wildly different thanos is an yeah. incredible character on screen like and I just this is just really fun. I, I'm I'm kind of off the rails at this point right now, but I'm just saying like that. The, the movie is is really good, and here like if you and it's not perfect. It's not, and I'm not. I will I will not argue that at all. Like it, it's not. It has its flaws, and I know people people always like it's one of those things that I hate to like. I feel like this is just like when you have an argument against a movie, there'll always be this like particular this paragraph will show up in a negative review of. Why couldn't they just do X instead of Y? Because it's a movie and you needed a story and the story was written and that's how it played out. Like, stop. That is, let's leave that out of reviews going forward. Unless you're doing it in a comedic fashion, let's leave that out. Well, there's an argument to massive plot holes, stuff like that, where it's stretching your ability to engage in the thing where it's like, it's so blatantly obvious. Agree. This is not that, though. Yeah, this sure. Is, this is not the argument they're making. Another thing is, I I mean, like, I'm not going to go to the New Yorker for a review of Infinity War. No. I'm going to go to IGN or something, you know what I mean? I'm going to go to The Ringer. Like, people who I know are going to enjoy these movies. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 and that's like, the thing, I'll too. go to The New Yorker for the review of Mother. Fair. You know what I mean? Like, I... I will... Oh man, sorry. I just my mind just went to a dark place, and I was thinking about the reviews that I read on the fandom thread. <laughs> well, I found the thing that I was looking for, um, so I'm going to read to you. This was uh, picked up by Mashable. The headline of the article is: "The New Yorker review of Avengers: Infinity War is getting roasted online." Okay. So I will read you the pull quote. Uh, it actually has a little bit more of the the context that it was in. Here's the crux of Brody's review. This is um, Richard Brody of The New Yorker. This is the crux of Brody's review that has the internet in a tizzy. Avengers Infinity War would make little sense in the absence of its pack of predecessors. Its characters aren't introduced. They just show up, and their behavior is entirely defined by the template set for them in other movies. Not only does Avengers Infinity War presume that viewers have seen all the preceding films in the Marvel series, but worse... It presumes that they've thought about them afterward. Okay. Which, you know what? That would be a valid criticism of the first movie in a series of movies, not the last movie in a series of movies. It sounds like that would be the valid criticism of Justice League. (laughs) (laughs) Fair. Not of this film. I'm going to read you some of the fun things because the whole point of this one was... On Twitter, just see, sunk its teeth into this and just tore at the throat. Like, I turn, I, in quotes, I tuned into the series finale of Breaking Bad and I'm very confused. Who is Walt? Why should I care about Jesse? These characters are undeveloped and they just show out of nowhere. I sat down to watch Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2 and I was inexplicably meant to know why everyone was after a man with no nose. Is a society nosist? There was oh no backstory. Oh How am I supposed God. to know who that boy with the scar even is? Unacceptable. That's so good. But here's here's kind of my point. Like I, Wait, sorry, this is the best one. You 
you do know how sequels work, right? That's great. Is that, <laughs> is that the only thing in the comment? Yes. Perfection. Let's hire that guy. The New Yorker uh, <laughs> is by the idea of a sequel. So here's my point, though. You can I, – I actually – I really enjoy – I like when somebody has the opposing opinion to mine. If they're bringing, like, logic and experience in the area as well. Yes, if it comes from an informed place, then yes, that's yes. the basis for an interesting discussion. And so far, every negative rev- – like, every review that I've read that was, like, that was every very, very that foul. Negative. Yeah, is – is not coming from that place. And it's like, honestly, like, just get out. Like, nobody, like, I don't, like, you can, I, I, like I said, like, and I know it's 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 a weird place to be in, right? Because how can you say, like, okay, that's a valid argument. That's also an opinion. It's just, I, I have a hard time with negativity in general. So, as you'll know, we talk about a lot of movies. I tend to like everything that we do talk about. <laughs> I like a lot of stuff. I And I will generally be positive about anything that we talk about. Well, we're also I except mean, we're, the Phantom Threat. Well, <laughs> that's where I draw the line. Well, we, I mean, there's a difference since we don't serve a master. We don't have mm-hmm. direct inf- input from the audience saying do this movie or from some larger entity paying us to do a movie. We can cherry pick and say, "Who I want to go watch that movie." Yeah. So you're more inclined sure. to enjoy the movie because that's a movie you actively wanted to go and see for whatever reason but what was bothering me was i was going down this rabbit hole of reading reviews and reading opinion pieces on this movie and i was getting to a point where i was having a hard time finding positive ones and i was like what like all right google like i know what you do just (laughs) read my mind a little bit better because i'm not looking for all this crap and it sounds like you got lost in the internet yeah, I, I, I found the wrong I, – I clicked the wrong link that started generating worse links for me that just were not <laughs> – were just not what I wanted. Um, not even what I wanted. I just – I wanted to hear – I know there's other positive opinions out there. I wanted to hear – I was – it's this started off with me looking for things that I missed in the movie. And then I clicked on one link that was something that was just bad, like just a, like, a, like ripping it apart, um, to which it had like – it had some valid points as far as ripping something apart go, but it doesn't apply to this type of movie, in my opinion. Like I said I, I, earlier, if you're, if you're kind of grading it as you would an Oscar movie, you're doing it wrong. Yes. Um, that's not what we're here to see. Also, and it's, you know, it kind of circles back to a lot of the criticism I saw on The Last Jedi, where it's like, okay, you are correct, that is a criticism, that is something that could be criticized. Mm-hmm. But why is that the thing that's making the movie not work for you? Right. That was, an, that was another thing that I came across. You're right. That really it's like, pissed me it's off. It's like saying, oh, my God, I get a new car. My car is not working well anymore. Oh, what's wrong with your car? Mm, the, the, the gas cap, it just doesn't really seal very well. <laughs> right. I'm just going to get a new car. Like, no! <laughs> yeah, I think the, the line that I had read was something, it was something along the lines of why can't Disney do for, Mar- Di- well, why can't Disney do for Star Wars fans what they've done for Marvel fans? Oh, yeah, uh, I saw that too. And I was just like, but they did. What are you talking about? Like, <laughs> are, you, are you either? Yeah, you know why I saw that? I started following Pablo Hidalgo on uh, Twitter, who is one of the guys who's part of the uh, Lucasfilm Story Group. Mm -hmm. 
And he like bats a lot of these criticisms up to the masses and lets them discuss. Yeah. Or in cases where people are like trying to call Star Wars out on the carpet, like for getting it wrong. Like he is the guy who is like the keeper of the keys. Like he goes back and searches everything canon and everything that's not canon to, sh- to see what should and can be included. Mm-hmm. So any people who are complaining about continuity errors or stuff like that, um, he is the guy who oversees a lot of that stuff. So people will come at him with stuff and he will send them and broadcast it across Twitter where it was drawn from, from the actual quote unquote, you know, the secret That's texts awesome. of Star Wars. Like, no, you're wrong. Here it is. And here's is why. You from. You're wrong. And here's why. Your opinion is a wrong opinion because right. it's not a fact, even though you're claiming it's a fact. Right. Your, your opinion is wrong because it's not one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's great. Uh, there, is, there is one thing. Uh, this, is another, this is another terrible thing that you could do on the internet. Um, I'm sure, sure you've seen it too. There was like the, the letter from, um, what's her name? Kathy. Uh, Kennedy. Kennedy to, to the, the, the Marvel team. And it's yeah. like, it's, it's the letter and like the picture is Ray handing the lightsaber to Iron Man. Yes. And I was like, oh, that's wildly charming. Like, I was like, this is, this is really cute. I like that. And then it's like, it was like 10 comments and I was like, oh, and I clicked on that. I was like, people are surely going to be positive. <laughs> and I went into it. It was like, Disney's sucking Disney's dick. And I was like, oh my God, what have I stumbled on? <laughs> and it's just going further down. It's like, oh, hi, here's your money. Oh, thanks me. And I was like, okay, all right, I get it enough. But, and I'm just like, let me just go back to that feeling that I had before where I was like, oh, that's a really charming sentiment because yes, Disney, big company, all that great PR, whatever. Maybe it, it probably is a publicity thing, but at the end Not of the probably. day, it is a publicity for sure. thing. At the end of the day, if you really look at and here's if at the end of it's the, it is the end of the day because you've watched Infinity War and you stayed through all the credits. There are a shit ton of people that work on a movie. And yes. I just think maybe take a second before you say really crappy things. But that yeah. in I mean there's going to be times where these crappy things may be valid, but Think about all the like I here's the I love to love things. <laughs> like I really enjoy enjoying things. That I I don't know how else to put that. Uh I'll I'll tell you how else, how you put you're a fan. Yeah. And it never dawned on me like I I never put it into those words before because I was until recently. And here's another here's another thing I love. I love Chris Hardwick. I find him now, to be I saw that I, fantastic. I accidentally peeped your notes. I saw that you put something about Chris Hardwick in there. I didn't know what the context was, and I figured yep. I'd let you tell me. I didn't. I didn't yeah, look no, into anything that he said. That's fine. And it's a. I listened to this podcast that uh, Dak Shepard does called, called the Armchair Expert, and he just does interviews with people. And they're like, uh, the the shows have been like an hour to two hours. They're just like these long running. They're sitting drinking like coffee just in his studio talking and he's interviewing them. It's great. It's just like, it's normal. It's, it's funny. Cause it, it almost seems like it's a, like a therapy session for him. That's, that's kind of the, the vibe that I get from it. Mm-hmm. But he, he brings on these really interesting people. And there was one with Jimmy Kimmel that I thought was hysterical. And I finally, I saw one with Chris Hardwick. I was like, Oh, absolutely. I'm going to watch, listen to that one, downloaded it. And he, he mentioned that like, he's talking about the, uh, his, the, his talking dead show and yeah. how like people will be like, 
oh, you know, you're just saying that because, like, you don't, you never say how bad things are. You're only doing what AMC. He's like, no. He's like, it's I, I just enjoy enjoying. Like, in, and that's exactly like that's when it clicked for me. And I was like, oh, like, yes, probably. I, I do feel like there's there's definitely there's got to be something there. I mean, the show is on AMC. He can't be fully, but. What he can, well, no one's he, expecting him to come in and burn no. it down, but he is a little bit too soft of a landing spot. Maybe, or he's choosing to focus on the positive, which well, nobody else gonna, is doing. The only reason I say that is because of the market dip in quality yeah. of the show in the last couple of years. I didn't feel that way when the show was good. I agree with that, but at the same time, when I listen to him on Talking Dead, when he talks about the things that he does like, I'm like, oh yeah, I didn't see that in this sea of filth. Thank you, <laughs> and and that's what I'm talking. Like, find it. So he's like a prospector. Other... He's like a prospector sifting through the crap and finding the little nuggets of gold. Right, and and this is this is me coming from the angle of, ah, oh, this is like I hate this right now. But I, I didn't actually hate the last season. But like I hate this right now. And then he'll say something like that, and I'll be like, oh, okay, that's a cool way to think about it. Yeah, that's positive. And then that maybe that maybe Chris Hardwick might be the reason that I keep watching this show. <laughs> like it's very possible. But anyway, if you get a chance. Listen to Dak Shepard's podcast and listen to that one because it's just it's very charming and I I really really enjoyed it and it's it's just more surround yourself with more positivity is what I'm getting. But I like Chris Hardwick um, and it's why I even though I didn't watch it as much as I should have I retroactively lament that uh, At Midnight no longer is on the air mm-hmm. because he was really really good at that show he's really good at everything that he you know what he is. He's like the nerdy Ryan Seacrest. Yeah, he absolutely is. But like way less annoying. True. <laughs> because you know what it is? Because he seems genuine. Like he like he enjoys this stuff. He's not just building an empire. He is building an empire because he enjoys the stuff. You you gotta you have to go listen to to that podcast. Give give I'll send you a link to it. Give it a try. Okay. It's uh it's 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 very good. Uh one thing I took a note of here while we were talking, um, when we abruptly mentioned just DC garbage for a second, uh, here's, <coughs> here's a thing that I, I don't, I don't personally, I feel like we we spend a lot of time in the movies, we spend a lot of time talking about the movies. I think we have a valid opinion on this because we want to like the DC movies, but we don't. Now, no, they've lost me. Now I want to hate them. Okay, uh, I read this article that said DC streaming service, and I went. Oh, you. <laughs> oh, that was one of my nuggets. <laughs> oh, okay, sorry. I didn't mean to eat one of them. Wow. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I just I just saw that and I was just like, and it, the article, the way that it was written, and actually this is in the uh, the Flix magazine. If you want to go check it out, it's actually really silly to read it because it starts off like with this very comical opening about how like you know. We're cutting the cord, so there's yet another streaming service that you have money to spend on. And it's just like it just goes down this little bit of a rabbit hole. It was really silly, but I was just like, no, absolutely, like no, no, because well, the, 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 thing the, was, the good DC shows are actually free on the CW app. You don't even need to do anything weird to get those. You just download the CW app and watch them. <laughs> well, the, so this is how I experienced it. The only reason that it was going to come up as, um. A nugget was because I just saw a tweet that was retweeted by someone I follow who's into all who like he covers all of the um, like the nerdy movie properties, so Star Wars, mm-hmm. superheroes, all that sort of stuff. 
And it was a tweet from the DC Twitter account. And it just said, like, something along the lines of, like, DC Universe, like, something. And it was, like, a hashtag. And I was like, fuck no, you're not going to get away with rebranding the DCEU. Like, no. Uh, that's what I thought it was. Uh, so okay. I looked up and I found out that that's what it was. I was like, okay, go ahead and have your little thing there. I don't care. I'm not yeah. going to buy your service. I'm not going to watch Call your shows. Call me when this is over. <laughs> People seem to like your shows, even though I think those are crap too. Um, but at least it's good-natured crap. It knows what it is. It knows what it is. It is self-aware, unlike the movie versions of what they are. There's so. no, there is no time when I'm watching Arrow or Flash when I'm not thinking that I'm watching a soap opera. Yeah. And I'm okay with it. Yeah. See, the problem, the thing is, I can actually get past that. It's just like the effects are so cheesy that it just. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, especially when they bring that uh, that giant shark. Ooh. I didn't see the it sharks. Gets, so. It gets a little nuts. Uh, oh, so just wanted to quickly circle back. So for every negative, I went down that negative Marvel rabbit hole for like an hour. And I was just like, what is like what is happening? Like, and <laughs> I, I, it was at that point where I decided, you know what? I'm gonna throw on Guardians of the Galaxy a little bit later, and watch that because that's surely going to rise my spirits back up. Um, it, but before I did that, I actually started to come out of the hole when I came across these cast interviews with everybody from Infinity War, and man, does that cast have chemistry? Like it's something that it it's I you don't I mean on on screen this is the, it, the Guardians cast or just no no all just these? all of them together as people in an interview they just seem to be genuinely enjoying each other's company and maybe they're acting they're actors who knows but it's very fun to watch and it's endearing and it was like oh yeah this is the thing I like and then I put I've, Guardians I've on seen, and it was the nice cherry on the Sunday I've seen little clips of some of those things and like some of the groupings that they had were like. The randomest, like, yeah, like oh, people yeah. who are never on screen together, even yeah. in Infinity War. You know what? They're probably sitting on the side together, waiting for their scenes. That's maybe that's how they bond. Um, but there was one. There's like this cut. It's like maybe two and a half minutes long of Benedict Cumberbatch stopping Tom Holland from spoiling things. And I heard about that. I didn't really, watch it. Really silly. Like somebody will ask, like because the interviewers are trying to get like a spoiler out of them, and it will ask him a question, and then it comes back and goes, "I'll take that one." Tom is a lovely person to work with. <laughs> like he <just> completely <laughs> deflects the question, and you just see his face on the other side, like, "Oh, like, oh yeah, I totally was about to screw this up." <laughs> yeah, and it's really, really silly. I but, heard uh, that, I that Tom that. Holland is really bad about that sort of stuff. Uh, it is factually documented that Mark Ruffalo is bad at all. I that stuff. did not know about that until today. Yeah. Share that little story because it's hysterical. About the thing about him accidentally spoiling the end a year ago? Oh no. That's not even what I'm talking about. Yeah, he spoiled the ending a year ago. Oh I, I saw that in one of the one of the interviews I was watching where he says that I'm you know I'm not gonna say it because we said Don't that we're it. not doing spoilers. Um but yep, that was a thing. <laughs> Very funny. Uh, but what, the one I'm talking about is how he live streamed the first 20 minutes of Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> so apparently he was outside doing like a live stream on his phone. Thought he turned it off and put it in his pocket. <laughs> went into the theater. 20 minutes into the movie, someone from Disney came up to him and tapped him on the shoulder, and he's like, "Turn your phone off." <laughs> and he's like, "What?" 
<laughs> and he, then he does the, like he reenacts this whole thing with pure horror on his face as he pulls his phone out and realizes that it's still broadcasting. Oh no! <laughs> I was like, how did I not hear about that until now? But that is fantastic. It's funny because a lot of times with those premieres, they force everyone to do the Ziploc bag thing, mm. where they have like the safe like deposit bags. Yeah. When they go into them, I don't, like because but do, you probably don't do from, that to the Hulk. Well, no, to stop people from doing it maliciously or even accidentally like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's just really silly to me, and I, I loved it. <laughs> I love everything. Just, just, I can't imagine like that, like that feeling of dread. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? I'm streaming <laughs> the opening of the movie. <laughs> that's so great. Uh, the last thing that I have here on my list is um, just Deadpool 2's brilliant marketing. So we talked a little bit, I think it was it was either last two weeks ago, we talked about how they're doing the, the two-year anniversary DVDs. Yes. Which is wonderful. Yes. Um, this week, the, the thing that I, I had picked up on was the, uh, the music video. The original song by Celine Dion for Deadpool 2. Which is actually a really good song. And it's Celine Dion who gives you 100% every time. <laughs> and she's on this stage singing the song in the video. And, you know, there's cuts in the background of clips from the movie. Well, and that song was in the first movie, right? I don't, I don't know about that. I, I thought it was. I, think it said, I thought what I was reading said that it was for this movie. Or is, or is it the trailers for the first one or the second one? Is it, I will always love you, right? No. This is an original song. Oh, I thought it was that song. You know what? I saw it was on, or I put it on for two seconds, and then I turned the audio off, and I was watching it for just like a minute. I, I thought that was the song it was. Oh, no, no. It's 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 a brand new song for this movie, and it's, it's you know, it's it's, it's solid. And there's, there's these clips in the background, and, you know, they don't they don't really work. Right with the song, but it, it is very reminiscent of like "Kiss by a Rose" with clips of Batman Forever in the background. Like it, it doesn't actually like good song doesn't actually line up with what's about to happen. Uh, yeah, I was always a little confused about it too. And then while she's on stage, Deadpool comes out in high heels and does an interpretive dance. I heard about that, but I still have not had the pleasure of seeing it. And it's fabulous. <laughs> and the it ends, and Deadpool gets up from the uh, like the back, like where the booth is in like a in an auditorium, and he's like, "That was really great." And he's like, "But we're gonna have to do it again." And she says, "Why?" And he goes, "You're at like an 11. And he goes, "And we need to bring you down to about a five, five and a half tops." And he goes, <laughs> "We we just don't want to overhype." <laughs> She's like, and like she's going back and forth with him. Like this only goes to eleven. Like pointing to her. <laughs> it's just really, it's really funny. And you should go check it out. But I'm like, just the fact that they are able to do this and have this reach is just so great. And I, I can't. I'm really excited for Deadpool too. Me too. And I, I have. I the only concern that I have is my expectations are very high. Well, yeah. Considering I went in with somewhat muted expectations for the first time around and ended up very much enjoying it mm -hmm. i'm going into this one with a lot of excitement and i'm worried it's going to let me down right i i i fear that too and then i keep seeing that 
stupid trailer with the regular guy parachuting out of the plane. And for whatever reason, it makes me giggle every time. Yeah. They nailed that one. Uh, that's it for my news stories. Al, I know I stole one of them, but I believe you said you had two nuggets for me. I do. I have one more nugget. Al's nugget. So either last week or the week before, I told you that there was some concern that MoviePass was about to implode spectacularly. Yeah. Um, because apparently they've been playing some head games. Okay. The CEO, I think, is a little bit of a nut. I but anyway, this is going. well, so I guess I didn't realize. I, I told you I, I what I had said to you was that I was just seeing like oblique references to people being concerned that it was on its way out, yeah. and I wasn't sure what what exactly what was going on. What so apparently, they stopped offering the ten dollars a month as many movies as you want thing. Okay. They ended that completely, um, and they had some other promotion where you could see a movie four times a month and you got a subscription to like iHeartRadio or something like that. Okay. And they said, yeah, no, it's not coming back except yes, it was coming back. They just announced that the hugely popular nine point nine no nine ninety five month. Nine point nine nine. Well I was just I just no, you know, I know. I was quick, reading it wrong. Um it was, the MoviePass website was updated Wednesday to once again offer the deal. The demand for this unlimited package is incredible, and we have a clear path to even stronger growth. Um, the subscription soared since its movie day plan was offered last August. Um, something about reaching profitability by selling more advertising and selling user data to third parties, of course. Um, Actually. The, Movie per day offer disappeared from MoviePass's website in mid-April and was replaced with a deal for a free trial iHeartRadio, blah, blah, blah. Uh, days later, a regulatory filing from MoviePass's majority owner Helios and Matheson Analytics said MoviePass has incurred losses since its inception. So the one package being dropped and that earnings report um, is what was causing everyone to be upset and then sure. and, and concerned. Uh, but apparently they said, no, they just ended it because they wanted to push people to this other subscription. And once the lifespan of that promotion ended, it was canceled and they put on a new, the, they put back the original offer. Right. So it was just to steer people to go and sign up for that if they were looking to sign up then at that point. Right. Okay. That's fine. I will say with this whole movie pass thing, I don't think I've ever been a part of something where I was like, this is probably just going to end abruptly at any time. Yeah. And that was that was what was causing me to drag my feet. But but not just this is going to end abruptly. It's like this is going to end abruptly and they're going to be like, you owe us $50. And I'm going to be like, eh, it's probably right. <laughs> like, <that's>, <laughs> like I, I, I might pay it. <laughs> like, well, I, that was what was confusing. Like that was what was concerning else. me. It's like I was like, oh, I'm going to sign up for this. And then, like, a week later, it's just going to implode. And somehow I'm going to be on the hook for, like, the whole year, even though I'm not going to get the whole year. Right. Right. Well, I pay monthly, so there's there's that. Well, whatever. I That's why I never even bothered looking into it because it just seemed like it, there was no chance of it lasting. Right. Uh, and <laughs> that, that story I had didn't have the quote, but I saw another quote when I was looking into the story earlier today that was just, like, it, it sounded like the CEO was basically just, like, having a laugh at everyone's expense, like – uh, you guys got all crazy. We were just messing with you. It's back. Don't worry about it. And I was just like, wait, what? <laughs> you don't do this well. <laughs> yeah, no. Oh, my God. <coughs> so stupid. Uh, that's it for your nuggets? That is it for my nuggets with 
the exception of the fact that I just want to tease that we have new beers coming up soon. I'm very excited. When I see you, well, like 36 hours from this recording or whatever it is, um, which will retroactively have been before this episode airs, whatever. Yeah. Uh, I'm ah, gonna... Time travel, time stone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to bring you the next batch of beers, but I will be withholding one of those beers. Mm -hmm. You will not see that beer. You will not know that beer. You will not even see that beer. We're going to do, when we do the episode that has that beer, it will be one of the episodes we do together. I'm not telling you which one. Okay. I'm not telling you what's going on with it. You're not even going to know what the beer is until we're on the air. We're going to have a different Ooh. opening time because I want you You did to... this once. Did I do it once? Yeah, you surprised beard me. Yes, that's true. I did do it once. We're going to do that. I want you to discover the beer with the audience okay? because I think you're going to be so very excited by it. And Ooh. if by chance you unfortunately have already been aware of or had this beer, I'm going to be very upset, but I think you'll be excited like to have happy it. to have it again okay so well, that's exciting you know i'm i'm very excited about two things here one that sounds intriguing i love a mystery uh <laughs> two you're gonna fill up my mini fridge which is currently sitting right next to me my new mini fridge empty <laughs> just no beer in it and it'll be uh it's gonna be chock full of flicks and six future episodes i'll be bringing you less beers than i'd like that's but what i'm gonna start calling beers Future episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Is that like the thing from uh, from Parks and Rec? What's when he, that? Uh, Tom Haverford says, uh, I call eggs future chickens. Future chickens. Or pre-chickens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I, I think I have four or five to bring you, but I know I'm going to see you again at the end of the month for Solo. So Yeah. So we'll be doing this specialty beer during Solo. Got it. I didn't say that. Got it. All right. No, I'm not bringing you that beer for that. that no, I'm saying the Stop next batch it. of beers. That's not what I said. I know. I'm just trying to trick you into giving me the beer. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> going to do that. that. Was, I thought that was obvious. I'm uh, not Tom Holland. I'm not going to do that. Nice. Our flick of the week is Super Troopers 2. Can I get your first impressions of this movie? My first impression of this movie is that Apparently, the viewing I went to see was the no trailers viewing. So I may have missed the first 90 seconds of the movie. Interesting. Well, mini spoiler, if you haven't seen the movie, uh, just of the first 90 or so seconds of the movie, I walked in and Sean William Scott was on the bus in mid-conversation. Okay, so yeah, you missed, you missed a, a short amount. That's what it seemed like, um, but yeah, no, I literally walked into the theater all, like all you missed two minutes after the show time, so they did not do trailers. It was like the same exact thing as when I went to see It, where it's like, oh no, I'm running late, it's a good thing there's trailers. Nope, fuck you, there's no trailers, mm. you're going to miss the first minute or two of the movie. I will say uh, it was just a, uh, it was them pulling the bus over, and then a quick chat outside the bus, and then he's on it, so you didn't really miss anything. That's what I figured, because there was a pretty finite amount of how much movie I could have missed. Sure. Unless they started the screening early. Cause it was right, literally yeah. like, it was literally the opposite of how this is supposed to work. <laughs> yeah. It was like two or three minutes in like past when the showtime was supposed to be. So mm -hmm. I was a little upset that there was usually I, 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 I enjoy less of the trailers, but one trailer would have tied me over to get into the beginning of the movie. I love trailers though. Yeah. There was a, there was a crap load when we saw infinity war, right? 
Yeah, so it was a, it was a fair amount. That uh, didn't start until like one. Including the very offensive Jurassic World trailer. I think I got that during... Um, no, I didn't, because that was the first time I saw that version of it. Ugh, anyway. Uh, what did you think of this movie? Uh, I, I enjoyed it. It was you funny. Did? Oh, good. I'm glad. I will say I enjoyed one third of this movie. That's it? I didn't find two thirds of it to be unenjoyable i just found two-thirds of it to not be for me what did you enjoy like the first third no. or the second third or the third third second or act it... surprisingly oh okay <laughs> um yeah this movie is uh, the the opening of this movie made me realize it's one of two things either one i am not the target audience which is very possible like stoners are the target audience sure uh it just or or they just didn't know how to open it that I got it was either one of those two things. Well, for me, they they seem to like those funky cold opens. This is the weirdest of them. Yeah, I don't know. It just it was just bizarre, and it was like it, I didn't find it funny. And by the time I finally got into the movie, it felt like I had to sit through like I don't know, thirty minutes of stuff I wasn't interested in. Like it it felt like a chore for it to get up and running for me. I mean, I wouldn't say it's sure, but yeah, it, it did feel like that first joke, the payoff wasn't worth how long it took to set it up. Right. So I would agree with you on that point of it. Like, And then I found myself for the first maybe, I really think, I feel like it was about 30 minutes. I was like le- like trying to laugh at things because I wanted to enjoy it, but I was I just wasn't actually, it just wasn't landing for me. Well, you, I mean, I, I will agree. You were right that this, uh, and, and it's a little uncommon for for most comedies, um, most of them burn all their best jokes in the first half hour or so. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one, you're right. It took its time getting into its full stride. Yeah. Um, I thought there was some modest chuckles to the first half hour, but it clearly was setting up plot, which is rare for a comedy. I think that's what it is. Sure. Yeah, I, I in hindsight, yes, I could see that. Like, And I think I actually it, it's weird me not enjoying the first third and last third of the movie as much as I feel like I probably should have, I actually, it encourages me to go watch it again. Mm. Uh, because I'm, I feel like I just might have missed something. Or, or well, now you know what you're getting into. Yeah, so maybe, and maybe that's, maybe maybe this this waiting for this long has, you know, maybe my expectations were higher than they should have been, which is also possible. Um, I'm surprised you said you didn't particularly like the, the final third. I thought it was all in keeping it it just it didn't it, it just wasn't that funny to me I, I don't really i didn't find it particularly interesting i don't know i well I, it definitely transitioned from strict comedy to more of an action comedy in the final third right which i i expect them to do bizarre things like that and that's fine i will say the thing that worked for me the most was right in the middle um are we getting into full spoilers? We're just going to do it? Uh, it's, it's in the trailer, so it's not really that. I won't even. I don't even have to say that much, but it's a... <coughs> it's a uh, the guys that we know and love are dressed up as Mounties, and they've pulled people over. Yeah. And I could have gotten a whole movie of that, and I probably would have been in Stitches. Because yeah, no, it, was, it was funny. The, there's clear improv going on during those scenes. Like there's some of it is obviously scripted and then reshot and then 
adjusted, but there's you can tell where it just feels a lot of it feels natural and a lot of it feels like catching the other actor off guard and then having them respond to it, which is just improv. And it's it's done so well. And there is a I'm going to ruin a joke right now. Uh, actually, I'm not, happiness. I'm, happiness in the household is the yes. is probably one of the funniest things that has <laughs> happened in a movie in a very long time. <laughs> and I was just I was floored by that. And it was just so funny to the point where I was like, when I I was I was like full belly laughing during that, and I was like, this is what, this is honestly if if none of the rest of this movie is good, it was worth it for this scene, and I still feel that way. Well, there was two things of like at the moment in time, it was yeah, the key to life is happiness in the household, um, and the running thematic theme throughout of it was the flow of Scotia. Mm-hmm. The, the flow of Scotia jokes, uh, yeah. and just like not even just the jokes, the just the evolution of it over the course of the movie. Well, actually, let's let's pause there for a second. I found the flow of Scotia to be funny. I found what they did with it to be funny. I thought they wasted Thorny by sticking him to this piece of this this shtick for the almost like pretty much the entire movie. Yeah, I wow. guess I could see that, except for the fact that um, two things. One, I think. He got a decent amount of screen time in the first one, and they he wanted did. to, he they did. wanted to to give the rest of them a little bit more room to shine. And two, you know, he directs all their movies. Okay. So, um, and he's a he's a good director in his own right. He's done a lot of stuff outside of these movies, but he directs all of the Broken Lizard movies. So. That's fair, and and that's you know that's that's perfectly valid. I just I I did enjoy him a lot in Super Troopers, and I kind of expected to see more of him and more of a. I feel like if you go back, if you watch Super Troopers and you think about it, for whatever reason, although most people get equal time and there really is no like main actor as there is in most movies, he feels like it to some yeah. degree. Uh, he it didn't feel that way in this one. It, it well, felt I, it felt very evenly split in this one. I thought. Well, it's because the cast was a little bit bigger in this, whereas yeah. the last one it was really just all of the the group of cops and then. Um, I forget her name, but the the girl cop that rabbits um, yeah. dating. Um, whereas in this one, you had to include the three Mounties and the rest of the Canadian contingent as part of the cast, even though they're pushed to the side. Some there's still, you know, you need to have room for them to be on screen for sure. And I, I was actually okay with that. I was okay with getting more out of the other characters. I just it 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 was surprising to me that the that everything I was getting from him was this this long running joke throughout the movie, and I I just thought it would have changed up at some point. Actually, I think my favorite part of how this all ended up um, manifesting itself with the, all the permutations of how they they altered screen time and and who it was focused on was um, the scene towards the end when they jump in the cop cars to race to the uh, finish, and you have Farva in the car with oh um, with what's his name Foster. That, that definitely brought it back. When, you know what? I realized we've never actually been alone together. Yeah, what of, of Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. I just, uh, yeah, no, it's just kind of weird that we, uh, yeah, well, I don't know. I guess I just think all the rest of the guys are uh, a little more interesting. They got a little more, more going on. <laughs> really? Yeah, you still, uh, you still dating that, <laughs> you said you still dating that girl? <laughs> like, yeah. Just, something like that. <laughs> oh, my God. So that that was silly. I will say, let's talk about Farva for a second. 
he was he was a lot funnier in this one. I thought he was also like the disgusting factor was amplified as well. Oh, big time. The I've never been more disgusted by M&Ms <laughs> in my entire life. <laughs> I never thought that that would be a, a thing I would ever say out the, loud. The best, the, the best part of that scene is the pure incredulity on Brian Cox's face. No. <laughs> Watching him eat the M&Ms. The, the best part's the callback where the guy goes, you chew pills. But and you dry swallow, swallow M&M's. M&M's. I'm a complicated guy. Yeah. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> and it just, yeah, he's Brian. Brian Cox's complete the body acting reaction that he has to that is the disgust that you feel watching it, and it's just really silly. Well, yeah, the body is like the shocked revulsion, and the voice is just that. I cannot believe what I'm seeing. Right, Rodney. Why? <laughs> um, Rodney, the the callback to Ramrod when he points at the Ram Rod yes. Ram Rod uh, that that was also got like he was. I found him very funny. I left at a lot of things that happened with him that I feel like in the first movie when he was on screen, I was just like I could do without this character. Yeah, when well, this with the exception one, of he, he absolutely shines in the first one uh, in the scene at the fast food place. Yep. That yeah. is it just incredible. <laughs> I don't want a large Farva. I want a goddamn liter of cola. <laughs> you guys do that here? <laughs> that, yeah, that was <laughs> no. And that was the thing. You know, a lot of times when they do joke callbacks to an older movie, especially like when I think about a movie that waits too long to come out with a sequel, when you have something like Anchorman and the second Anchorman. Yeah. A lot of times it's so overdone or they try to overdo they try to make the joke bigger and better, even though it's the same joke and it just falls flat. Right. Instead they just they do it did, subtly. Yeah, they did it. Most of them were pretty subtle and it was perfect. They just yeah. nailed it. Like the large far from it just went, Oh, do you want a liter of cola? Wait, you do that here? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, yes, I would. You know what I mean? Huh. Canada's not so bad, you know. Yeah. Or when um, well, let's get into spoilers because now we're yeah, getting into some more specific it. things that are bigger. So we have spoilers here for this for this movie. Um, when when Rabbit and Mac, no, no, sorry, it was yeah, I think it was Rabbit and and Mac go to the uh, strip club, and they get attacked by all the uh, or I guess it was the bordello. They get attacked by all the hookers, yep. both male and female. And he goes, you know, oh my god, yeah, this and that. You know, we're getting attacked. There's so many of them. Well, uh, you know, all the all the glitter and Thorny Thorny goes and. glittering and glittering <laughs> and <laughs> that was good. The counter to that, the <clears throat> counter to the 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 callbacks that were subtle was the the Jim Gaffigan one was on the nose and it it was not that funny. Yeah, that was that. It, I mean, and obviously not all the jokes are going to be a hit. Well, it saved itself at the end when, and even though it was in the trailer, the whole thing. Shit, he can hear us. We've been doing this for years, and then they steal his car. Yes, and and he says at the end, "Oh, yeah, you should never leave your keys to the stranger." Also, I knew who you I were knew the whole time. You the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but okay. Well, then going back, since we're in spoiler territory, to happiness in the household, the one they said it over and over again so perfectly that no, I had no idea where he was going with it. Well, the thing is, I figured out the happiness part pretty quickly. 
I just could not figure out the household thing. Right. And, but then what the 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 icing on the cake though is after he has the guy explain to him what he was hearing, his full body reaction no <laughs> and he like freaks out that yeah, was, the rage that was so funny i love that and that's like that was the scene like that's the scene that i remember most in the movie and here's what i'm talking about there's a good thing in every even if you don't fully love something just find the stuff that you like and hold on to that because that scene is funny and it yes. is totally worth me picking up the movie for like i'll probably buy this and i will yeah, no. watch that scene over and over again <laughs> Well, I mean, because you got a, a pretty good sampling of those, you know, shenanigans mm-hmm. during the first one. But having just a montage of all of them, like having it like distilled down like that into like a five minute thing, like you truly appreciate how ridiculous the shit they were doing was. Yeah. Like the the the, the blind cop and the deaf cop. <laughs> yep. I actually, I actually forgot about that. <laughs> When he's he's cr- he's crossing the street and the guy gets out of the car to save him because he thinks he's gonna get hit by a car. Oh, that's too funny. But yeah, but that's what I mean. Like that was like all during this whole pull. Like that's what I mean. I can get a whole movie out of these pullover scenes, and I yeah. would have been content like that if that's all this was. But also, also speaking of shenanigans, I love that 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 was actually one of the more subtle ish callback jokes because there's the whole thing with they do the doing all these shenanigans in the first one yeah and then captain o'hagan says if one of you says shenanigans one more time i'm gonna pistol whip you yep and he goes hey farmer what's the name of your favorite restaurant you know the thing with all the things on the wall oh shenanigans and they all pull the pistols out (laughs) give it to him (laughs) put those things away and then in this one they go to the canadian version of shenanigans chicanery yes (laughs) that that was good uh, the other scene or sequence that was just really silly was the was the drugs. I know it it lasts with the Flova Scotia for the rest of the movie, but the whole not the knowing what they each took and then yes. um it was it's Mac and um Mac and Thorny are trying to figure it out. Is it Mac and Thorny? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They they're, they're trying to figure out what each one of them is doing, and Farva just that was good. Farva sitting there in the chair like that. Yes, and that that was really silly. And then they hitting him with the, like with the was a phone book. Yeah, I think so. Slapping him across the face and his just like swing like that was really silly. The whole thing was silly. What did you take? Pure acid. (laughs) (laughs) You have one thousand two hundred forty-seven mustache hairs. Actually, I had to count it. You know what? For my birthday, I'm so messed up right now. I can't even tell if you're telling me the truth right now. <laughs> Although I will say a little bit of a flaw in the plan. They probably should have taken those pills one at a time, not all at the same time. Yep. The fact that any of them was rational long enough to be able to figure out what they were all taking. Yep. Truly incredible. The uh, the steroids. Yeah. Just doing push-ups in the middle of the room. That was okay, the uh, energy uncontrolled rage. I'm pretty sure he's on, on steroids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, what about the shock when they shocked Fart oh, Radio? That was a, that was a good, <laughs> that was a good running joke. See, the, you know, they did they flushed out the actual pranks on each other better in this one because mm-hmm. they kept like talking about it in the first one, but it was just like far from fucking up the joke by putting like soap in the coffee. Right. 
like it was just like this good rookie like it's not a it's not a prank far best you just put soap in his coffee part of that scene is brian cox just biting the soap yes just great and spitting it out (laughs) (laughs) but yeah no i love that what's taking them so long uh yeah don't worry you know you think this is gonna kill him Eh, probably not (laughs) as he hooks up the fucking thing and he he gets uh, can i get a can i get a radio check as he gets shocked and then he's trying to figure out how to touch it with the he had the uh the glove yeah, on it, it was yeah it was a it was an oven mitt yeah this is so stupid uh what did you i gotta say that with the canadian the actual like mounties in the movie the one i is i think his name is will sazo sazo yeah. uh his his accent was just hard to deal with his well the problem is some of them like it was like coming and going his was too over the top and forced that it was. Yes. I, but I, I will say that did seem intentional. Yes, I believe uh, it, it was. just like it just wasn't that that wasn't funny for me. Like that type of thing isn't funny for me. But um, as annoying as that was, the whole Danny DeVito shtick that was hysterical. It was amazing. That yes. was really that was actually that was a very clever joke. I thought yes, and just holding on to that like. And I think they they call that back by the end at some point, right? Um, I feel like they reference it again. You know, I forget. But I think my favorite part about it was the third guy realizing how ridiculous he was and then getting in on the joke. Yeah. He's like, like, they're the same people. And then he's like, oh, I know. He's like, but he doesn't know that I know. And I'm screwing with him for that. I really like the villain. He thinks I am an idiot. The second Batman (laughs) movie, the Penguin that was Donnie DeVito also. <laughs> oh man, that was that was a very silly thing. Them. Oh, and when we were on we're being on like the the Canadian thing, I thought they used just the right amount of Rob Lowe. Yep, that's fair. I think any less, and I would have been like, oh, you know, like Rob Rob Lowe's funny. Like, you could have included him a little bit more, considering he's like in the movie here from start to finish. But any more, and it would have just become a Rob Lowe movie, and it would have it would have not it would have upset the balance of everything. If he had pointed to somebody and called them by their full name the way that he does, Emperors, I would have lost it. <laughs> 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 that would have that would have made his character for me. Um, I yeah, I, I didn't. It wasn't overly surprising that it was him. <laughs> that was the bad guy. Well, I do. Yeah, no. Well, the thing is, I think they did execute a pretty decent twist to a certain extent because it would have been easy for them to just do the thing where it's the Mounties or even the Mounties in conjunction with him. Right. Considering the Mounties didn't really have a leader, and in the in the first one, it, you know, it's the whole police department, you know, spearheaded by the captain. Um, so he could have been, you know, the de facto like replacement to that character. Um. But I, I did like that they did this whole thing where it was like they were like, you know, oh, well, in my experience, it's always the local police. You know, right. they just keep like, hammering it and hammering it. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, we don't really have any other uh, leads. It's, it's got to be them. And then in the end, it's, it's not. And they have to work together. I thought that was fairly well executed, all, all things yeah. considered. That was funny. What also was good about that is the what they were actually doing was like really clever. <laughs> the, the whole we're going to put drugs here. So that when the borderline changes, 
they're there. Yeah, <laughs> like the, 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 pass, the passive smuggling uh, angle was pretty clever. Yeah, I like that. That was that was funny. Uh, the uh, the Fred Savage joke that was the, was the long running school bus joke. I was really. It got to a point where I like, wow, they're really not going to tell us what happened. Oh, I I knew it was coming in the credits. It was the same thing with Farva and the school bus. With Farva and the school bus. So there is this long running joke in the first one of like why Farva's on the radio, and yeah, it's because he's not allowed to be out on the street because of the school bus incident. Oh and yeah, in the yeah. credits they give you the the school bus incident where basically he gets on there and he gets thrown out of the back of the school bus by the kids that are beating him. Yeah, uh, which was even that that was underwhelming. This one was even more underwhelming to me. It was like I it, you see it coming from a mile away because he's standing in the street for twenty minutes before the fire truck comes. Well, once it hit that, because that has been a thing in a lot of different movies. Yeah. Well, I just thought he was going to fall out of the tree. In which case, well, the thing that, is, actually until- that would have been funny. Like, I actually think I would have preferred that. If you fell out of the tree and died falling out of the tree. Even though they telegraphed that as well. No, 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 I'm really good at climbing. I did my own stunts. Like, Yeah. yeah. But anyway, that, that just seemed that like it was a, a big buildup and not much payoff. But I will continue to think about the silly Mountie scene. That really, that really drove it home for me. Also, and like the inciting incident to that whole thing, like them... Locking them in with a hockey stick, of course. Oh, naturally. With, with the bear. Yep. yep. Pretty good, yeah. yeah <laughs> Especially yeah. the way it just it all goes down. The whole thing. Well, actually, it was it was funny. You know, the one sole bit of bonding before the actual, you know, ending the climax of the movie. Um, oh, he's the rookie. You have to shave his balls. Yeah. Uh, what? Yeah, no. <laughs> in, in, so tra- tradition in in Canada, you must shave the rookie's balls. You know. And then the way they execute it was very subtle, you know. He's, oh, this uh, these nickel plated uh, the handcuffs are not working. Oh, let me try. Click, and then you're like, oh yeah, okay, they're gonna shave his balls. Great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And he's the last person to know. Like everyone there and well, the audience. Well executed. Also, the prank within a prank because the rare instance where they include Farva in the prank, mm-hmm. but it's just so they can prank Farva as well and electrocute him again in the in the locker. So- so stupid. Goddamn Canadian electricity or Canadian wiring, whatever it was. Oh my god. Oh also the way that and that scene ends um with Farva out in the porta potty. Yeah. Who has the shotgun and is it is it Bill Cox? He's gonna shoot him? Uh he's like, I'm gonna shoot you're gonna shoot the bear? No, I'm gonna shoot Farva. Yeah. Oh, good idea. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I it like was that. it was it was it was uh O'Hagan and Mac. The uh, how about the Lonnie Farva? Dynamic? Farva clone. That was great. And yes. when they when they bump into each other at the, at the, the recognition, oh, the moment of recognition. That is really funny. Well, I the great that. thing was I didn't expect there to be another Farva. Mm-hmm. When she's like, oh, you know, oh, he's like, you know, yeah, everyone's got that person you work with who you know you drives you nuts and you hate them. Oh yes, I know this very well. But no, no, she knows. It's the exact same fucking person, that, but Canadian. That, that was very silly. Also, the when you see him in the office, um, he's got the same coffee line from that Farva has in the beginning. Oh, did he of, of the first movie? Oh, yeah, yeah, like he like he comes back and he's like, anybody want? He's like, anybody want cream? And he's chewing the gum and he's like, 
Yes. All right. And he like swoops back out of the scene. Like he's yeah. he just like he's poking his head out from the side. And yeah. I, I, that was that was funny because it was the it was like exact mirror of that. Um, that's fun. Well, I mean, that's what you know. You have some of the callbacks and the 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 through line jokes and this and that. And I saw some criticism like, oh, well, I feel like the first one. It's that that that's the first one again. But it, you know, they make some tweaks and this and that. Um, it's a more consistent, refined version of the first movie. I don't know if I agree with that. To I a like, certain extent, I mean, I, they added I watched, enough. I did. I did watch the first one like a couple of days before I saw the second one, yeah. and I will say that I like the first one better. Okay. And I thought I think that it, I think the pacing and the character interactions of the first one are consistently entertaining compared to the second one. See, I like the interplay because the, the these guys can do it in their sleep now. That was the first movie they they made. This is they've done like six or seven of them together now. Um, although I've only seen this and the first one and Beerfest. I've never seen their other movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm gonna have to go and catch those eventually. Yeah, it, it's uh, kind of funny because I was not I wasn't a huge Super Troopers fan to begin with, but I do when I rewatched it, I enjoyed it a lot more than I remember liking it. Um, I, I still wouldn't say like it's like it's like not a top for me. Like it's not like, like a top comedy or anything like that. I actually think if I I ha- if I'm remembering it correctly, I believe I liked Beerfest a lot more. I mean, I enjoyed Beerfest more as well. But uh, this this one I would put below Super Troopers the you below know, the original. You know what I will say is something I enjoyed about this one. Um, there's more Cox. Yep. Brian Cox, that is. Yep. Um, I'm a big fan. I knew it. I, weirdly enough, didn't even consider that to be a joke. I just knew <laughs> you were talking about him. That's weird. <clears throat> That's funny. All right, go on. <laughs> um, I, yeah, no, I just, I enjoy him as an actor in general. He's mm-hmm. good even when he's, like, he's good because he knows what he's doing in this and he's not taking himself seriously. Mm-hmm. And it's just having fun. Like you can tell he enjoys doing this. I remember seeing when they first launched like the Indiegogo campaign to fund this movie and all that sort of stuff. Oh, like it was just the guys because they're together. They do all their stuff together. Um, and then eventually they released the video of Brian Cox saying he was coming back to do it. And like you could just tell, like, oh, like he enjoys hanging out yeah. with these guys doing this. Like that's fun. Like he has fun just fucking around with these guys. It's great. Um, and yeah, he has just like, cause he has a couple of really great one-liners in the first one and they just gave him a little bit more room to like walk around and have fun in this movie. Like mm-hmm. I, I just, and like, especially when he's getting on Farva's case is just incredible. Absolutely. Absolutely. He, he is, he's a gem. He is. Uh, he's, he's just funny. <laughs> yeah. Like most, it's funny cause most of the first couple of things I'd seen him in were more, serious roles like action movies this and that like you mm-hmm. know this bad guy in one of the x-men this and that and like i thought he did a good job in all those things sure never pegged him for being much a in the way of an idiot but his just timing and his delivery especially like that like i said like that, that just like incredulity like how can you be that fucking stupid yeah <laughs> why yeah it's the it's the why it's, yeah it's, <laughs> Oh man, that's that scene is so stupid. <laughs> oh man, 
Cool. You got anything else? Um, did you know who the Vermont governor was? Sloan? I realized... What? Sloan? N- no. Sloan. Was that her name in the movie? No. Jessman, I think, is the name. Oh, yeah, Governor okay. Jessman. I'm looking up to see if I'm thinking of the right character. Uh, what's her name? Governor Jessman. Jessman. Linda Carter. Oh, no, sorry. I'm thinking of somebody else. Um, huh. I didn't realize it was Linda Carter. Wonder Woman, yeah. Yeah. That's kind of funny. Yeah, I had no idea. Because, I mean, it's the same. She was in the first one as well. And I didn't realize it was her then. No, definitely not. Definitely didn't pick up on that. That's cool. Yeah. I was thinking of, um, I, when I said Sloan, I was talking about the the person that we think is, she's like, who is she? Like the mayor, the, the one, like the liaison. Yeah. Oh, you didn't watch Entourage, did you? No. Okay, I think I th- believe she was in Entourage, and her name was she was Sloan. she was Sloan. Yeah, there you go. That's what I, that's what I was thinking of. I looked it up because I thought she seemed familiar. Um, although I, that wasn't. Oh no, what I recognized her from was she was in that one of those bad Adam Sandler movies. Uh, you don't mess with the Zohan. Mm. She was the girl in that. Gotcha, gotcha. Right on, right on. Sweet. Anything else? I don't think so. The only other note I had had, and I, I just touched on it briefly before, was just about um, Jay Chan Rasekar being a good director. I was looking at his stuff because I knew he had directed stuff that I've seen before. I remember seeing his name pop up on like an episode of a TV show once before, and I was like, "Oh, really?" Like I didn't realize. And, and then I went and looked at it, and it's like he directed way more things than I thought. He directed a bunch of episodes of The Goldbergs. Uh, yeah. He's Directed a bunch of episodes of New Girl, um, Royal Pains, which I didn't watch. Community, he did a bunch of episodes. Oh damn! Uh, Man, ch- Community ch- used to be such a funny show. Psych. Chuck. Uh, he did a bunch of episodes of Chuck, Blue Mountain State. That one made more sense. That one, I I was like, oh yeah, I could definitely see that. Oh, the Dukes uh, of Hazard, the mo- that movie. Yes, oh. he did Arrested Development. That makes sense. Very cool. Nice. Pretty talented director. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. Which I, I don't I don't, you know, expect when I think of, you know, director of super troopers. Right. For it, right. you know what I mean? Which like f- like valid, I feel like, but very cool. Awesome. Good for him. I gotta check out their other movies though. I, I yeah, know I saw I, agree. I saw a bit of was it the was it the Slammin' Salmon? Was that the one where they're the waiters in that restaurant? I saw like the first like ten minutes of it. I think I saw a bit of Club Dread, but not all of it. Okay. And actually, I think the one I was just—I think the one that I was just talking about. Um, actually, he didn't even direct it. For some reason, uh, Kevin Heffernan directed that one. Um, the guy who plays Farva. Mm-hmm. But I think that was the only one of theirs that he did. Oh, okay. Sweet. Well, that's it for episode 45 of Flicks and a Six. We hope you enjoyed it. If you want to keep the conversation going, I'm at AEJ Costanza on Twitter and Instagram. Al is at Alessandro B1187. Be sure to check our Flipboard magazine, FLI6, to follow the stories we cover and check back next week for more movie and beer goodness. Until then, cheers. <laughs>